What's up and welcome to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 114. My name is Jason. I'm one of your co-hosts and I'm joined as always by your other co-host this evening who is calling himself Dick Thrasher. (laughs) Some of your finer work. Thank you. Yeah, he's other Dick Thrasher's otherwise known as Travis. What's going on? Dick Thrasher is I was watching a World War II documentary. Dick Thrasher was a uh a gunman in the back of a B52 in World War II. You don't say. Yeah, it popped up on the screen and it said Dick Thrasher and it said gunner and I just thought it was the funny thing I've ever fucking seen. I bet he was a gunner. But so, he thrashed anyway. a lot of dicks in his time. And you know you know that his name's Richard, but he's like call me Dick. <laughs> Like, yeah, uh, Richard, Private Richard Thrasher, uh, <laughs> sir, I go by Dick. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, it's like the fucking CSI Miami, like car exploding, you know, guitar riff. Mm-hmm. Except it was Hiroshima exploding. Um, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, I know, you, I know you didn't put this in the podcast, but the biggest news oh. of the week is the Queen died. Oh, um, and I yes. thought, I thought, you know, since most of our listening audience as American or Australian, we could maybe talk about the queen dying. You know, I know, I don't know about Australia, but I know for us, the, the crown died in 1776. So, oh, not, hell yeah, it's not a lot of, it's not huge news to us, but you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, uh, all the yeah. memes, they've, they've lit up Twitter. Oh, they have. I would like to point out that I think that when now, now King Charles, Charles dies in, I don't know, three months to 10 years, it won't be like this at all. He'll just be, <laughs> he'll just be dead. Like for some reason, the queen, yeah. like people were like, you're disrespecting the queen. It's like, no, like I, I genuinely felt like the memes were like out of love. Like they weren't even the ones with like Diana waiting to kill her. Like it's because people liked her. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if, if Donald Trump died, the, the memes would be not be in jest. They would be like <laughs> oh, vitriol. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like people pissing on like Trump hats and shit like that. <laughs> the only one, the ones that I think truly like were nasty about it were the Irish. They, I, I don't know the fair. story there. I don't. Maybe you do, but I don't know the story about the Irish and the yeah. Crown and what the I whole mean, story is. I mean, I'm sure I know obviously that you know they're mm-hmm. whatever ruled by the monarchy or whatever. Still, I believe. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. I mean, you played Crusader Kings, so yeah, it's, it was different then. See, because uh-huh. I have the, I have the Kingdom of Ireland, and I'm going. And I'm in the process of trying to take over the United what what will be the United Kingdom on that game. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm rewriting history, my friends. I used to know something. There's something about a stone. Maybe that was Scotland. I don't know. I think maybe Scotland. No. These whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. There's a whole thing. I'm sure. Yeah. I know that. They, I just know they don't like each other. Right. Well, in terms of Australia, though, I know that Australia used to be a Commonwealth of the Crown or a Commonwealth of the UK. Whatever. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I think they're are no longer a commonwealth of uh uk but i could be wrong about that but well, i'm sure one of so our australian because, friends will let us know yeah they have dollary dues they don't have biscuits pounds, or whatever they yeah. pay with yeah there you go <laughs> anyway, pound sterling that's a good point yeah all right well anyway travis when we're not talking about dead monarchs we are a weekly playstation podcast where you and i get together each and every week and we discuss things like news rumors new game releases and announcements and a whole lot more we do it in under 90 minutes, and we post new episodes on Monday on all of the usual podcast services around this globe, this commonwealth, as it were. We also share new episodes on YouTube. If you would like to also check out some gameplay videos, those are there as well. 
But we would also love to hear from you on our social media. Our primary weapon of choice there is Twitter, of course, where we go by at the DualSense pod. So please find us there and let's chat some PlayStation or video games. But we're also on Instagram where we share virtual photography from in-game photo modes. We have a Facebook page if that is your your uh, your thing. I don't know why it would be. We also have a uh, a blog as well. It's called the DualSensePodcast.wordpress.com. You can get the episodes there. You can see our pictures, our uh, short bios about us, things like that. And uh, yeah, so just find us wherever you wherever you are, wherever you is. Before we move on to the news, real quick, I did want to share that I got the green light from the lads at the website to uh, share that I am a staff writer now for a website called Gaming Nexus. And I've been writing news actually for them for a couple of weeks now. I'm in like a trial period for a month. And if they keep me around after that, they're going to uh, somehow trust me to write reviews. So that'll be fun. I think that'll be a big mistake for them. But uh, so it's, <laughs> but it's been good so far. I've been enjoying it. I've already, I've already written like 15 news articles. So that's, I'm kind of in my wheelhouse as you guys might imagine from listening to the show and the news every week. But yeah, so uh, check us out. Gaming Nexus, we are an ad-free website, so you don't have to worry about a pop-up blocker or any shit like that. We are Metacritic certified, so we're legit. You know, we're not like me and Travis getting together and making a PlayStation podcast every week. So anyway, without further ado, let's move on to the news, Travis. Number one, in what is becoming quite a spicy affair between PlayStation and Xbox, Sony Interactive Entertainment President and CEO Jim Ryan shot back this week following Xbox Chief Phil Spencer's public comments that the company made a written offer to PlayStation to continue bringing Call of Duty to PlayStation platforms for quote-unquote several more years beyond the current agreement between Activision and Sony. This time, Jim gave a statement to website gamesindustry.biz in which Ryan says Xbox's Call of Duty offer was quote-unquote inadequate on many levels. The current deal between Sony and Activision is believed to cover the next three Call of Duty releases, including this year's Modern Warfare 2, according to Games Industry. Ryan didn't hold back in his statement, saying, quote, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. End quote. So, what do you make of this growing and festering feud between the two and the deal with Call of Duty? Yeah, interesting that a guy like Phil Spencer, who basically said console wars were bad and didn't mm. need to happen, then he's over here, you know, stoking the flames. But, you mm. know, when, you know, to get, we you know we've all we've both been a part of things that were considered private discussions that didn't need to go into the public. And when you're a part of a kind of an agreement like that, the only time that really you see both parties talk about it is when one says something they shouldn't, right? Yeah. So the fact that Jim Ryan felt he needed to respond, I think says a lot about what Phil Spencer brought into the public, as he said, like, you know, Jim's response made me feel like Microsoft is kind of like a shysty motherfucker like like there's no reason to bring it up basically and you could tell that obviously microsoft was butthurt because playstation didn't like their three-year deal their proposal 
PlayStation clearly felt like it was, to use his words, inadequate, and it kind of undermined what they wanted uh, to give their gamers, and they didn't feel it valued yeah. their gamers, which, if that's true, let's, you know, again, we're taking a lot of this at face value, uh, that makes you feel good as a PlayStation fan, because you feel like, hey, at least they're thinking about us, right? They're not just saying, oh, well, at least we'll get three years of profit, right? At least they're kind of thinking, you know, a little more deeply about it, which I know that we're a PlayStation podcast, but... Yeah. You know, the ether, the perception in the ether is PlayStation thinks more about its, uh, you know, its clientele than uh, than a Microsoft would. I mean, that's just, to be honest, even when you look at things outside of PlayStation itself, we look at Sony in general, that is a perception of Sony. So at the worst case scenario, Jim Ryan is holding up those those company morals, those company values by making his comment here. But again, it just makes it seems like every time that we get into a situation where Sony or PlayStation goes back and forth with Microsoft. Specifically, when Phil Spencer is involved, Microsoft always looks bad. Usually, if both parties are kind of dumb, <laughs> you know, some of the, sometimes it'll look you look good, sometimes you look bad. Almost always, mm-hmm. when Phil Spencer decides to open his mouth and talk some shit, he gets put right back in his place. It's it's kind of incredible. And I'm not saying PlayStation has done great things. Like we've already talked about, like you know, them raising the price of the console, kind of weird. Um, you know, the way they rolled out uh, the new PlayStation Online triple tier no, thing plus. was weird. You know, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, look, they're not perfect. But if you look at the comments they say, when it comes to uh, their clientele, their fan base, they're consistent there for the most part. And even if you could point out the way the places where they aren't, they're still way more consistent than Phil Spencer and Microsoft. So, again, interesting to see a response. But to me, that really, really says. That Phil Spencer pissed off some people. Yeah, I have a couple of different thoughts on it, but at the very top, top highest level, I love this. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that these guys are going back and forth in public in the media, and not because I'm into the console war and all that shit, but it's just cool to see a couple of rivals going at it in this way. Like, these are the these two guys are the top of the food chain at Xbox and PlayStation, and they're fighting in the press. And that is epic. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine if, and it, this does, you know, people do take shots, but Elon Musk isn't a good example because he he talks shit all the time. He but imagine that. if, like, yeah, but imagine if somebody like the CEO of Coca Cola and the CEO of Pepsi were doing this, you know, and that's that's what this is the equivalent of. And I think it's awesome, mm-hmm. and just in that in that regard. But getting down to more brass tacks, I think that. This situation makes both companies and both people look kind of stupid. First off, you have that you have Xbox coming out and saying that they made an offer in January for to keep Call of Duty around for several more years. The only reason they're saying that is because they have this deal that they're trying to get done, that they're trying to smooth over with regulatory bodies like the British one we talked about last week. So they're having to come out and make these types of statements. It it just makes them look desperate in a way that he's saying this in the press, that they had this deal, that they made this offer. He shouldn't have done it, meaning Phil Spencer. And then consequently, Jim Ryan also looks looks stupid because here he is saying that, you know, Call of Duty has been on PlayStation and for 20 years and the proposal's inadequate. Well, when frankly, Jim and PlayStation are fortunate to get any kind of offer because xbox doesn't have to do that if they don't want to they could they could have treated it just like the bethesda deal and just said 
you know what, you want to play Starfield or Elder Scrolls 7 or whatever, or 6, I should say, you're going to have to buy an Xbox. They could do that, but they're not going to. Conversely, I guess, if Xbox could get away with that, if they felt like they could, if they felt like they could make Call of Duty exclusive and still get the steal through, 100% they would do it. Don't let them fool. Don't let them fool you on that. If they could do, like I've said on the show before, we've talked about this. If Xbox could do, if they could run their business the way that PlayStation runs theirs, with a focus on exclusivity, etc., they would one hundred percent do it. But they can't fucking do it. But they would. So, I digress. Just going back to things as a whole, I think it makes both of these guys look silly. I think it makes both these companies look silly in a way. I do think it's inevitable. It sounds like the other big piece of this is that it sounds like we're going to lose Call of Duty at some point, probably within the next five to six years. By PlayStation 6, I would say we won't have Call of Duty on that console, potentially, is what it sounds like, unless they come to some type of agreement you know, after the fact to, keep, to continue bringing it to PlayStation. So that's a big question mark, I think, now, now that we know that there is a time frame that there's a deadline on this, you know what I'm saying? So before we didn't know that, we just thought, yeah, there's no way they'll take it off PlayStation, but obviously they're thinking about it at the very least. So I think that's a big piece of news out of this as well. Number two, Sony interactive entertainment and developer first contact entertainment announced multiplayer live service shooter firewall ultra for PlayStation VR two this week. Ultra is a sequel to hit PlayStation VR title firewall zero hour and it will include the same locations and contractors from the original game. All maps and character models have been completely redone for the sequel, which will also include brand new maps and contractors, as well as deeper weapon customization. The developer is also adding a PvE mode in addition to the usual PvP modes. On the technical front, Firewall Ultra will feature 4K resolution in HDR, eye tracking with foveated rendering, adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, finger touch detection, fast loading times, and dedicated online servers. No release date was announced, but hopefully we don't have to wait too much longer to find out. Firewall Ultra can now be wishlisted on the PlayStation Store, as can Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is an interesting development this week as well. What do you think about uh, this new multiplayer first-person shooter for PSVR 2? Yeah, I think they should foveate my balls. I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah? First of all, First Contact Entertainment, great name. Definitely, definitely excited to see what more about what the game is. Like just from what we saw, I'm excited about it. Like we talked about the VR2 having some sort of FPS that would be really dope. Like what it could look like, what it would be oh, like. Yeah. So this is perfect. A little bit we saw look like a lot of fun, showing you where you're coming in at. Um, of course, it's a live service. Why wouldn't it be a live service? Like that's the world we're mm-hmm. in right now. But I do like that it has mm-hmm. PVE and PVP. Like I could see where like playing playing in vr and getting killed the way you get killed sometimes on fps games it'll scare the shit out of you like yeah so so maybe maybe having a, a mode where you can just play the computer or bots might not be a bad idea <laughs> um yeah i agree no it's really cool and again like everything i hope it doesn't make me um throw up but i know that they have to keep releasing everything right like it's gonna have adaptive triggers and haptic feedback because I mean, we already know all this because we read about what the PR, what the PSVR two will have. I get kind of annoyed when I read it every single time, but <laughs> yeah, it's like we just keep hearing the same yeah. shit. Like, okay, we got it, finger touch shit, whatever. We got, we understand. Like one thing they said that 
you know, always gets me excited about, about games is a dedicated server. I love that. <laughs> you get a dedicated server, I'm at least listening. So that is, yeah, that's dope. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. I can't wait. I want to see some more. Um, I'm obviously not going to pre order um, Horizon, but, or Wishlist, I should say. Uh, but the fact that we're getting Wishlist, also a great sign for this spring for this to come out. So, again, it's all, everything is lining up like we expected. I agree. I, I think this game looks awesome. I think the clip in the trailer that they showed looks really dope. It looks like a big jump from the stuff that I've seen on the original PSVR, even the zero hour game, just from like a graphical standpoint and everything. So I'm I'm into this. And this this kind of struck me as like a as a Rainbow Six Siege for VR is kind of the vibe I was getting. And from what they're saying and what they showed. So I think that's kind of cool, like a round based thing, you know, that uh, uh the games anyway are round by round. So I think that I'm. I think I'm. I'm really into this, and I hope that it's good. I, you know, zero zero hours supposedly pretty well liked, and they they supported it with content for four years. So the last four years, so that bodes pretty well on the technical side of things. It sounds pretty robust. It sounds like what you would expect from what is essentially a PlayStation Studios, you know, game, a first party game, second party game from on on a PSVR two. So. I'm hoping they can pull it off. Uh, I did wish list it. I wish that they'd given us a date, but the fact that I don't think we have any, well, we can't have a date because we don't have a date for PSVR 2, but I wonder if this is a launch title. I think it would be a big game if it was a launch title. And then the kind of last thing I just wanted to mention is that now you can wish list Horizon Call of the Mountain, and it included some interesting tidbits on there that I didn't write up, but they say that the game is a that you can share the experience of the Call of the Mountain game in a boat ride. And I think that's interesting because we've talked about on the show a little bit about how, whether we think that's like an on-rails, like guided experience type game, or if that's truly like an open world or semi-open world game. I think that game is a linear, guided, Mm -hmm. driven experience with what I would call like stops. So like you're on the boat, you get knocked out of it and all of a sudden you got to kill a couple of, you know, robot dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And so you're in like a little arena area and yeah, you're using your bow and shit. And then, oh, you may have to get out of the boat again because you got to climb up a ladder and go down a path and then whatever. Like, I don't think I, 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 that's how I feel like the game is going to be. Somebody wanted to argue with me on Twitter about it the other day. Like they haven't proven otherwise that that's not what the game is. So I just thought that was interesting that that said that yeah. in the description. It reminds but, me uh, of like those 3D movie theaters at the theme park like exactly that's exactly what i imagine it being yeah exactly but yeah but no i think uh firewall ultra sounds and looks really cool so hopefully they can show some gameplay here soon whatever they decide to do anything at all a showcase in general or a psvr2 state of play or something number three Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red announced the game's first and last expansion this week called Phantom Liberty. It will be coming only to current-gen machines, so PS5 for our purposes, and it will see Keanu Reeves reprise his role as Johnny Silverhand alongside V and a new cast of characters. Phantom Liberty will launch sometime next year, and CD Projekt Red confirmed later that it would be the game's only expansion, as they no doubt turned their full attention to their in-development Witcher game. They also announced Title Update 1.6, which adds Cyberpunk Edgerunners-themed content to the game in synergy with the upcoming Netflix series. Update 1.6 will also be the last major content update for last-gen consoles, although CD Projekt Red did confirm the last-gen versions of the game will continue to get important technical updates and fixes as needed. 
future additions to the current gen versions of Cyberpunk include a complete overhaul of the cop system and vehicle-to-vehicle combat. In other Cyberpunk 2077 news, the game's production director has left the developer after 14 years at the studio. We think about the one and only expansion for Cyberpunk. And then finally abandoning mm-hmm. PS4. Oh, yeah, good. They should have abandoned it immediately. Um, <laughs> why did they wasted so much money on the on the PS4, although they made it back, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, to see it be the first and last expansion is just kind of a shame if you think about where we were at the very beginning of the journey when, you know, Cyberpunk was coming out before we knew, uh, you know, all the shit that was going to go wrong with it. It's just like, oh, we're only getting one. Like, I remember thinking, like, it was going to be this game that was going to have so much, and it's just kind of dead. Honestly, yeah. what I think is going to happen is, you know, they're revamping the cop system and the vehicle-to-vehicle combat, which I don't really know how the vehicle combat would help in The Witcher, but I could see how they, they're they going to pull stuff from this game in a way, I think, for The Witcher. And if I was them, I think a way to save face with this game in the long run would be like, look, the game wasn't great, but if The Witcher, let's say The Witcher is a, is a really good game when it comes out, you could say, hey, yeah. look, Cyberpunk didn't wasn't great, right? But we were able to pull a lot of nice things out of it for The Witcher. It almost ended up being like kind of like a test ground for some mechanics or technical things we wanted to try or whatever, right? Um, storytelling, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera, right? You could see them spinning it in a way where it's kind of a failure, but in a way it helped them kind of create a really nice game in The Witcher. And I feel like maybe in 10 years, like I feel like Cyberpunk's going to have like some sort of cult remembrance or following. Oh. Oh yeah. So it, oh, it's yeah. gonna live in it's gonna live in video game lore even even without <laughs> even with them only kind of getting one expansion, which is so funny because you just know, game at the very beginning of this journey, you would have thought it would have had five or six expansions before it died. So it's just interesting how we've kind of turned. And as far as the production director leaving after fourteen years, um, yeah, I think you just burn out. I'd be burnt out after all. Yeah, that I mean, shit. he must be just fucking just. You know, maybe he had more he wanted to do with the game and they were like, you only get one expansion. And that was the, the last straw. But, you know, the last 18, 24 months probably really broken him down. The sad part about all this is that once they moved past last gen and they released the game on PS5 and, you know, fixed a lot of things, you know, and I played both versions, it's a good game. It's, it's, it is a good game on PS5 on current gen. And the, that's the sad part is that it took them all that time to get to that point when, you know, the possibility is that if it had launched in the state that it came out in on PS5 and everything had, you know, gone much better that they probably could have got another expansion or two in, but they obviously cut themselves short by having to fix all this stuff and get it over to PS5 and current gen. And so that took a lot of resources and then now we're just getting the one expansion. And it looks awesome. The expansion looks awesome. The trailer for it looks really cool. I may play it at some point. I'm sure it's going to be like a 25 or $30 expansion, something like that. I'll probably get it on a sale at some point. The fact that they are just now abandoning last gen is a little bit silly to me. It's clear that they should have done that from the very beginning. They should have done, they should have done what some of these other studios are doing now, like Gotham Knights, where they they canceled the PS4 version, you know, for instance. Granted, in their defense a little bit, CD Projekt's Red, Red's defense a little bit, that's much much easier to do in 2022 than it was in 2020. However, on the flip side of that, it's clear that they launched the game at least 
a year too soon. So that's also their fault as well. Mm-hmm. They should have released the game sometime in 2021 instead of 2020. So, uh, but it's obviously been a cautionary tale to a lot of developers for better or worse. And people delay their games left and right now because they're so terrified right. of being the next cyberpunk. So yeah. there's that. But too. Elden Ring got it so right. So right. And yeah. I think we thought cyberpunk would have the impact. Well, I guess they both had this. No, you're yeah, right. We thought it would hit the market like that, right? Um, just blow up, but it, yeah. it hit the market in a different way. So, you know, in a sense, they got the same amount of publicity in a, in a weird way. Yeah, no, you're you're right. They, they that game was so hyped, and they hyped it up so much that it was supposed to be, you know, a world beater. It was supposed to be game changing, no pun intended, for the industry, and you know, it didn't deliver on that. Number four. Publisher Ubisoft, who has been in the news quite a bit lately, announced that Chinese communist mega corporation Tencent has acquired a 49.9% stake with a 5% voting rights in Gilmo Brothers Limited, the holding company of Ubisoft's founders. The investment equates to approximately $297 million, but will not see Tencent take control of the video game publisher thanks to some clever maneuvering. Since Tencent does not hold a controlling stake in GBL, Ubisoft's largest shareholder, so too will they be denied a controlling stake in Ubisoft. In the meantime, the Gilmo family will retain control of both Ubisoft and of their holding company. Separately from this transaction, Ubisoft is a company authorized Tencent to raise its direct stake in Ubisoft from 4.5% to 9.9%, which they will not be able to increase for the next eight years. So what purpose does this series of moves even serve? Well, for starters, Tencent plans to bring several of Ubisoft's franchises to both mobile and NPC in their home country of China. So what do you think about Tencent coming as close as humanly possible to taking control of Ubisoft, but not really doing it? Yeah, it's a little shady, but I think they realized, it seems like they were like, what's the most we can take without being denied? And for whatever reason, they did, they decided on a 10th of a percent to keep them out of the 50% mark, which to me also feels like you're a 10th of a percent away. Like, can you not find that somewhere else? Like, there's got to be one person somewhere that is a link, weak link in the armor. Right. They'll pull the trigger in six months. Like, fine, but whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like, don't even let my point is, don't even let them get that close. Like, people, it's like having people in your lives or being around certain types of people. Like, you, you can't let them in 1%. Like, you might as well let them in 100%. You're in or you're out. Like, you can't, you kind of dilly daddle on the fence. They'll just be there. Right. So, like, whatever. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting, though. The most interesting part of this to me was, like, why does Tencent want to be a part of Ubisoft? Well, they want to bring these these franchises to China. And, you know, Tencent buys so much, and you don't really hear them say things like that. So what is it about Ubisoft, you know, these franchises that they want to bring? Because it seems like Ubisoft has a lot of franchises that a communist government or a uh, veiled democracy, puppet democracy, would not like. Right, there's games about rebellion and you know fighting <laughs> right. a man and fighting authority. It seems like you wouldn't like that. Mm. Maybe there's something there we don't see. Like you, my point is, you wouldn't spend that much money to bring Ubisoft franchises to China that are not based off of those things. When those things are the probably arguably the best franchises Ubisoft has in in general. I, as we've talked about on the show, I anytime Tencent comes up my skin just crawls because I'm so tired of them just 
dumping their dirty money, their ill-begotten gains, as it were, into the gaming industry. And I'm glad that Ubisoft, that the Gilmo family found a way to keep them at bay, in a sense. I mean, you can't get much closer than 40.9% of the holding company. So uh, I, I don't know how they were able to work that out. I don't know. I guess they just re- resisted the temptation to totally sell out, which I think if that's the case, they should be applauded for. Like you said, though, is it a matter of time before they find a way around this and acquire Ubisoft in some sort form or fashion? It It's probably likely, you know, I mean, this makes me think of the HBO show success mm-hmm. succession. This is the type of shit that happens on there mm-hmm. all the time. If Tencent takes control of a major publisher, Ubisoft, whoever the case, that's going to be a sad, sad day in the video game industry. That's a big fucking problem, in my opinion. It's Tencent, I think, knows what the perception is around them, or at least what the perception is becoming, because as we talked about um, most recently during the Gamescom stream or whatever with Keeley, when they Tencent had that publishing label that they've created called Level Infinite, you know, so nothing is a nothing is ten cent anymore. It's a level infinite. Like they're trying to hide from themselves, and I think that tells you all that you need to know. Like they're trying to hide in plain sight. They're trying to trick you into, in a way, to not knowing that it's ten cent. And I think that tells you a lot, or it should tell you a lot, in my opinion. So hopefully, Ubisoft and the Gilmo family can hold them off. Number five. Sony released the new 6.00 firmware for the PS5 this week with a slew of new features that have been in beta testing, as well as some updates to the PlayStation mobile app. The main feature is the addition of 1440p resolution support for televisions that support it, although be warned that variable refresh rate is not supported at 1440p output. The update also includes game lists, otherwise known as folders, and new social features like the ability to request a share screen session from a fellow party member, to watch them play. Players can now also compare 3D audio to stereo audio and more easily access in-progress activities from game hubs, as well as initiate a YouTube search through voice commands. Over on the PlayStation app, players can now launch a remote play session directly from the app and can also both request and watch a share share screen session from the app as well. Elsewhere, website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that some of the features included in this update were not available at launch, in an effort to avoid employee crunch. After the update was criticized on social media, a former Sony manager, Stephen Trombetta, revealed that some features were delayed for launch in order to prioritize employee health. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels a little bit different. I could, When I was racing the other day, I, it definitely felt like the, something about the game, it just felt crisper, like it looked better and it felt better oh. i could actually tell which is interesting usually i can't i can't tell at all hmm. so um i remember thinking like wow this is really fucking bright yeah but anyway I, it seemed better to me at least uh, i haven't tried the 3d audio yet but i will eventually try it i didn't even notice like the game list thing i didn't even notice that so i <laughs> i have no idea yeah so the only thing i thought was cool is like the way you know like it's easier to join a game and you can kind of see it and I can like do that stuff now without getting directly invited. Um, that kind of thing is nice. It's just it's just more streamlined. It's more user friendly. And I know that a lot of us complained about the UI when it came out, and it seems like it does seem like if we had some of the stuff on this update, that criticism at launch would have been kind of had a little less weight to it. But um, you can't be upset mm-hmm. about people 
you can't really be upset when they're trying to avoid crunch. Like, I get it. So, you know, employee health is important. You don't want your good employees to get burned out and quit. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I would argue that we didn't need game list. At <laughs> yeah, launch. <it's> true. <laughs> like, I mean, true. we didn't fucking need that at mm-hmm. launch. And I think that's totally yeah. fine. So I don't know that we need YouTube voice command. Yeah, that too. That too. I mean, who's really going to use that? Very few people. But overall, I think the the update is cool. Uh, the 1440p is is good. It's a big addition. You know, there's a lot of games now that are having 1440p modes. Um, like Saints Row is the, the the most recent one that comes to mind. They have a 1440p high quality mode, so you can do 1440p with settings turned up. You can have like ray tracing and shit. So that is cool. Um, that there's now support for that output to your television. So uh, that's a big one. Uh, the other stuff is just more like quality of life stuff, like you said, really, like being able to see the difference in 3D audio and folders, etc. I never used folders on PS4. I mean, I guess if you wanted to put like all your racing games or like all your shooters or whatever in folders, you could do that. I, I don't even do that on my phone, really. Either. So I don't really know why. I don't really know. I'm not that I'm not the person to ask about about folders. Um, I'm trying to see what else here. I've noticed that. There are these little like tutorial messages or something popping up now when I turn the PlayStation on trying to like show me new stuff or whatever. So I don't know. I'm I'm very straightforward in how I use my PS5. Like I turn it on, I go to my game, I go to the party and invite you guys to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I look at trophies occasionally. I don't ever use the activity cards. And I know I'm not using it the way that they want me to, but I just I'm very basic is what I'm trying to say and how I use the PS5. So all this stuff is cool but not earth-shattering to me. Number six, the PlayStation blog revealed the most downloaded games on the PlayStation Store for the month of August this week. On PlayStation 5, number one was Madden 23, followed by Saints Row at number two, Grand Theft Auto 5 at three, Cult of the Lamb at four, Stray at five, MLB The Show at 22 after that, followed by Horizon Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Cyberpunk 2077, Roller Drome, Thymesia, Way of the Hunter, Elden Ring, Among Us, Skyrim Special Edition, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Soul Hackers 2, Inscription, and Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed at number 20. Over on PlayStation 4, number 1 was also Madden, followed by Minecraft, GTA 5, Modern Warfare, Saints Row, Stray, FIFA 22, The Sims 4, MLB The Show 22, The Last of Us Part 2, Gang Beast, Black Ops 3, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, Red Dead Redemption 2, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, I think the Dragon Ball games were on sale or something, UFC 4, Cult of the Lamb, Horizon Forbidden West, Among Us, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice at 20 on PS4. PSVR was the same as it always is, pretty much. But over in the free-to-play category, Multiverses hangs on to be the number one most downloaded game for August in free-to-play, followed by Rumbleverse, which is a wrestling battle royale, Fall Guys at 3, Fortnite at 4, Apex Legends at 5, Warzone at 6, Rocket League at 7, Destiny 2 at 8, Genshin Impact at 9, and Rec Room at 10. So what do you think about any of the lists here? Yeah, the last two are the same as always. PS4, I don't know what Gang Beast is doing that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that is. All All these Dragon Ball games are on sale, but it seems like nobody downloaded Dragon My Balls Across Her Face, which is one of my favorite games. <laughs> on the PS5, uh, destroy is- all humans. What? 
<laughs> what the fuck yeah. is Thymesia? Don't know what that is. Um, I am surprised to see Rollerdrome and Way of the Hunter up there, especially after like you know some of the stuff I've mm. read about Way of the Hunter, just like some jankiness to it. So, but still pretty sure. cool that's up there. Um, it's a very niche game, you know what I mean. So that's kind of interesting to me. Um, I to see Gran Turismo is up there in the eighth spot awesome for them and your boys at cult of the lamb coming in, in the top four there that's pretty sick um and of course things things row right. coming in at two is like i'm not saying it's not a great game but it, i feel like that's really based off of timing like they released it at a good point for them to have that that type of result if they would have put it up against 100%. anybody else i think it would have drug it down a little bit and of course madden's one and when we look at this thing for september 2k will be one and madden will be two or three so mm. anyway mm. um yeah nothing Nothing really surprising out of the top, out of the top two or three to me on the five. Again, I thought I thought Saints Row would do well because of the timing, but the Cult of the Lamb being yeah. at four is is a big one for me. I'm a little surprised by Saints Row just because of the fact of the mediocre reviews. You know, it's like in a it's like a sixty something on Metacritic, I think. So that surprises me because of how kind of like just you know middling it was critically, but. I think it goes to show you that people are kind of hungry for that sort of game and we're nowhere closer to Grand Theft Auto 6, for instance. So, um, you know, good for them coming in at number two. My uh, Cult of the Lamb, like you said, number four. It's awesome. They have got to fix the graphical issues on PS5. That, that's I'm begging them to fix it. Please fucking fix it. Oh, let's see what else here. Like you said, Roller Drum stood out to me that it was 11, I think. And then even more so, the biggest surprise, maybe, even more so than Saints Row, is that Way of the Hunter was 13. Like you said, very niche. And uh, that that really surprises me. That really does. But uh, they've put out a couple patches for that. I haven't gone back to it yet. I've been waiting for them to kind of fix their performance a little bit. So I need to go back to that, to that and check it out. But nothing really jumped out to me on PS4. That's a good uh, call out on Game Beast. I didn't even really notice that. And then I think the Dragon Ball games are just because there was a big sell on them. You know what? The other thing was is that Dragon Ball ended up in Fortnite in August. I forgot about that. So I'm sure that helped a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, Multiverses hanging in there. Number one free-to-play spot. Pretty impressive. I think that's going to be a trend. I think uh, they're going to be fighting in the top five with some of the big boys for a long time. Number seven, Travis, we also have a bunch of news nuggets as well. Feel free to jump in here with me wherever you would please. First nugget, Disney and Marvel held a showcase event this week on Friday today. And here is a quick recap of everything that they showed that's relevant to our show. A Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga Galactic Edition for PS4 and PS5 was announced. It adds a bunch of characters to the game. Marvel's Midnight Suns got a new release date of December the 2nd. Strategy game Aliens Dark Descent got a new gameplay trailer. A Gargoyles remastered game, which was a Sega Genesis game, was announced. And a trailer for Kart Racer Disney Speedstorm was also shown. Skydance Media, which is Amy Hennig's developer, the creator of Uncharted, revealed their new game as an ensemble Marvel game, which leaked earlier in the in the day will include Captain America and Black Panther in a World War II setting. Okay, so... The only thing that really jumps out to me there was Aliens Dark Descent, which looks like a cool game. Also, did not know that Disney owned Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't either. I don't even remember what Marvel's Midnight Suns is. Gargoyles is familiar. I feel like I've seen the artwork on the box before, like at the Blockbuster. 
for you kids yeah. listening. There's an awesome Google cartoon. That. Oh, there was a cartoon. Maybe that's what I'm thinking yeah. of. That might be it. Yeah, the Gargoyles cartoon. That might Remember be what that? it was. Okay. Lego games always do well, and they're always really interesting. But I never play them. Whatever. I'm just nothing. 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 Disney or Marvel has done interest me at all. Like, like the last thing. I enjoyed the Madagascar movies and the Minion movies. Or is that Disney? Yeah. I don't even know. I, I don't know. Pixar, yeah, I think so. Pixar. Yeah, that's I it. Disney and guess what? Pixar. I don't want to play a game about those. So, whatever. Yeah. Dude, dude, this show, this showcase sucked dick. It was, it was not good. I actually just saw a poll on Twitter Jeff Keighley put out, and 62% of people that voted gave it a D. So... It's not just me. It was a bad showcase. We need we need Papa PlayStation to come through and rescue the this whole little like showcase yeah. season that we're having. We need a real fucking. Would you showcase. rather? Yeah, he, he should have made that. Would you rather watch this or fucking die and see what would have won? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next nugget, Travis. PlayStation revealed a new line of gray camouflage colored PS5 accessories launching on October the fourteenth. PS5 faceplates, a DualSense controller, and a Pulse 3D headset are all on the way and will be available for pre-order starting on September the 15th. You excited about uh, your camouflage shit? Um, no. Fucking redneck. This is my safety. I'm live cam. You ain't gonna be able to see that I'm even playing any controller in my hands camouflaged. <laughs> That's how you it. never know when you get hit. <laughs> PS5? I ain't no PS5 air. It's camouflaged. All right, Game Informer continued their month of God of War Ragnarok coverage by sharing more gameplay featuring the, oh boy, Svartalfheim realm. Svartalfheim mm-hmm. realm, if you're interested. Yeah. Like I said, I'm going dark yeah, on that. Imagine talking like that in your language and thinking that you were going to start the third right of Arians. <laughs> like, you sound like a fucking moron, first of all. <laughs> it, makes, it makes me think, I don't remember which movie it is. It might be Ace Ventura. When they, when uh when Jim Carrey just like, <laughs> like he, I, no, it's yeah. liar liar, it's liar liar. It's exactly what oh, it's that's like. Fucking, that's what I listen. I I get yeah. that we're hyping the game up. I just for some reason I get so annoyed about stuff like this when it's like, oh, we're gonna spend a whole month on God of War or any game. I'm like fucking why? Like, do I need this? I don't. I yeah. don't understand it. Like, I. I I gotta say, I agree with you. I, first of all, it's weird the way they're revealing all this. Like, why are they? Why is it a Game Informer right. cover story? Like, it's your fucking PlayStation. Just put it in a fucking showcase or a state play. Cooler. Like, it's weird that they're doing this and they're letting them. They're letting them put out like forty-five seconds or like a minute and a half of gameplay. Like, what the fuck are they gaining by that? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's weird. like like this lady at work. I was wearing two different socks, and she's like, "Are you doing the trend?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, it's a trend to wear two different color socks. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. So no. And she just looked at me and I was like, I just put socks on. I pulled them out of a drawer. I don't know what kind of trend you're talking about. I live under a fucking rock. I don't know any of this stuff. I don't have TikTok. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We're the non-TikTok Yeah. Look, I hate anything that's super popular. Yeah. I hear you. Also, Travis, website Gaming Nexus. Wow, what about those guys? They reported that insider Tom Henderson has leaked Ubisoft's lineup of Assassin's Creed reveals mm-hmm. for the Ubisoft Ford event, which is taking place tomorrow or Saturday the 10th. It's time of recording. Assassin's Creed Mirage will lead the Assassin's Creed Showcase, followed by Project Red, which is a samurai game with a female protagonist, allegedly. After that will be Project Hexe, or Hexy, I don't know how you say that, which is a 16th century witch hunt set in Europe, which sounds fucking dope. That sounds like one of the coolest Assassin's Creed yet. There's also going to be Project Jade, which is a mobile game, and Project Nexus, which is a VR game. Interesting. 
I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this. It's tomorrow, and I'm gonna try to check it out if I have time. I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I mean, just the the samurai just feels like a copy of Tsushima, so I'm a little annoyed. But the hexy sounds yeah. fun. Um, and Nexus in VR sounds cool. I think Assassin's Creed in VR could be a lot of fun. I agree. Can you imagine vomiting after you assassinate somebody? I think that's usually what they do. I think uh, I think Oswald vomited and fell down the stairs. That's how they caught him. <laughs> also, later in the week, the PlayStation Store page went live for the aforementioned Assassin's Creed Mirage and revealed that the game will come to both PS4 and PS5 with a free PS5 upgrade for PS4 owners when they're ready. Ubisoft's own online storefront also leaked the store page for the Division Heartland this week, Travis, before quickly being taken down. Oh. It was listed as quote-unquote coming soon, and apparently the game has switched developers from Red Storm Entertainment, which was originally founded by Tom Clancy himself, to Ubisoft Montreal. Mm. Players will be able to choose one of six agents and three classes, and the game's PvEVP mode will be for up to 45 players, it was revealed. Is, are we happy with the studio change, developer change? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Red Storm Entertainment hadn't really done anything, so maybe they were maybe they were just getting it started, or and, you know, and then Montreal was finishing it. But I don't, that usually doesn't yeah. happen. So I don't yeah. know. Usually, um, when the division stuff posts, you're the one coming soon. So how do you feel about this? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna be coming soon. As soon as they're gonna show something, I feel pretty confident about that. That it'll be at the, at the thing tomorrow. It'll be a trailer, probably. Probably say it'll be a trailer, and at the end it'll say 2023. You know, fuck off. Ready for it. <laughs> Next nugget, Electronic Arts announced that their recently established Seattle-based studio known as Ridgeline Games is indeed working on a narrative campaign set in the Battlefield universe. Ridgeline, or Rideline, as I have written here, is led by Marcus Leto, the co-creator of Halo. Interesting. The, the Battlefield universe? There's a Battlefield universe now. Remember we talked about this, how they're trying to make this like a whole thing? It's not a thing. Every game's in a different era. It's not like they're linear in any they're, way. They're changing it up, man. That's why we have specialists, and that's why it's just a multiplayer game. Because now we're going to get a single player one, and et cetera, et cetera. Said that they're getting rid of the specialists, and we're going back to classes because nobody liked it. No, we're still going to have specialists, but they're just going to be in classes. <laughs> that's not. That's there's no point in that. Well, I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. All right, whatever. I hate all of this. Just figure the fuck out. But the Halo guy being being you know whatever on board is interesting. Maybe it'll is be good. It Jared sure. Leto's brother. <laughs> also travis free to play live service multiplayer medieval warfare game warlander was announced to be coming to ps5 sometime after its launch on pc this game looks really cool really cool and well all we have is artwork at this point but hopefully we'll get some but it's awesome soon. well it's going to be an open beta on pc this week so we'll definitely have some gameplay coming out so we'll see Website Video Games Chronicle reported that PlayStation second-party partner Deviation Games has lost co-founder Jason Blundell. Blundell was the developer's chief creative officer and was formerly the co-studio head of Call of Duty developer Treyarch. Deviation was also announced, or also announced, excuse me, that Westwood Studios, the creators of Command and Conquer, co-founder Lewis Castle has joined the studio as senior vice president of development. Hmm, so, interesting. Yeah, lose a co-founder before they. They've only been around for like a year and a half, 18 months right. maybe, so it is odd. I mean, they are, they, that's pretty quick to lose a co-founder. Maybe they should take Louis Castle and sit out a search party. Like, where is this guy at? <laughs> I mean, yeah. how do you lose a whole he, man? I bet he pops up in an Xbox studio. Just a theory. Oh, really? Blondell, anyway. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. We, so we swapped him for, for Marcus Leto? We did. Oh, we did. I think I, 
Maybe he's going to go to 343 and try to fix Halo Infinite. We'll see. Doesn't matter. Next nugget, PS5 supply improvements have led the console to overtake Nintendo Switch as the best-selling console of 2022 mm-hmm. in the UK. GamesIndustry.biz reported that PS5 stock increased 56% from July to August. That's very good. Very good. <laughs> hey, by the way, you spelled uh, something really wrong up there earlier. Where? I gotta find it. Because it was funny. <laughs> no, what was it? You spelled cyberpunk wrong. You spelled cyberpunk. <laughs> I love how my brain just auto-corrected it too because I did not see it. That's hilarious. And they got me writing fucking news for a Metacritic right. video game site. Next nugget, Sony Interactive Entertainment representative, representative Director, whatever that is, and Executive Vice President Masayasu Ito is retiring from the company on October the 1st. Ito has been with the company since 1986 and is responsible for designing the PlayStation Portable, the PlayStation 3, and the PlayStation 4. May he rest in peace. <laughs> He's not dead, by the way. I'm just teasing. Yeah, but Watch he, him die tomorrow. Yeah, but he put out three three classic banger designs. He did. He's done a hell of a... He, he earned it. I mean, the PSP is like... I always thought it was so sleek. Like, it's so nice. Yeah, agreed. Also, publisher Konami has filed a trademark for JRPG Suikoden, perhaps hinting that the series could appear at the upcoming Tokyo Game Show. Leaker Dusk Gollum claims that new images ha- that have leaked online are pitch documents for a Silent Hill 2 remake that is rumored to be in development at developer Bloober Team. Video Games Chronicle's own sources added that the game will be a timed PlayStation console exclusive. Interesting. CD Projekt Red confirmed that the PS5 upgrade for The Witcher 3 is still on schedule to release by the end of this year. The studio also revealed that there will be multiple games in their new Witcher saga. Cool. What? I'm ready. Oh, more than one game. I thought I was thinking of different games within The Witcher, like you could play it in black and white. Oh. Or, <laughs> you know. Now multiple of the series. We're getting a new series. Also, tech YouTuber Austin Evans got his hands on the new 1200 model PS5 for a teardown video, and he found that it has been upgraded drastically in many ways. The motherboard is smaller and quote-unquote totally different, according to Evans. It also comes with a new and smaller heat sink, which includes a heat pipe to route the heat better. The SSD enclosure now has a quote-unquote better shield, whatever that means, and the console consumes less power in his test of the three PS5 models that are now on the market. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I don't care that it it consumes less power. I'm going to be dead before the kids are worried about the, the earth. And like, <laughs> sure. to- totally different. Like, this is from a nerd. Like, it, to me or you, it's the same fucking thing. But he's like, look, yeah. look, it's completely soldered in different. Like, I don't, what do you mean? Does it change anything? <laughs> other, like, other than it's easier to make? Like, I don't know. It's right. just, just like nerds when they give you whatever. I just learned what VBAs in Excel were the other day. And they're like, it's like, it's like a mod for a computer. I'm like, okay. Does it tell me, does it still do math for me? Like, I don't. <laughs> That's all I need. Also, Capcom has confirmed the lineup for their Tokyo Game Show presentation on September the 15th, which is just called Capcom Online Program. Street Fighter VI, Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, Exoprimal, and Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection will all be featured. Developers Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, who were recently sold to Embracer Group, announced that they have officially assumed control of the various IP included in the deal, including Tomb Raider and Deus Ex. A new update for Multiverses dropped this week and included an overhaul of the game's hitbox and hurtbox system, as well Thank as you. Gizmo. Oh, Gizmo. Cool. Yeah. 
I'm excited the hitbox is redone. I don't, I don't, yeah. I can, I can extrapolate what hurt box means, but I've never actually heard of that, yeah. that phrase. I don't know how they're not the same thing. Are they not the same thing? I mean, whatever, but they changed them. Essentially they changed the hitboxes from like a rectangle over every character where like if their arms were outside of the hitbox and you punch their arm, nothing happens. Room, yeah. yeah. Now the hitbox is basically the outline of everybody's body. Always. I don't, I don't yeah. Okay, it was in beta. I shouldn't complain, but that seems pretty obvious. Sure, I agree. Next nugget: Developer Vodeo Games announced that this studio is shutting down due to an inability to find foot, footing, funding for their next game from publishers or investors. They shut down the studio. Vodeo was also the first North American developer to unionize its workforce back in December of last year. That worked out great. Yeah, yeah. boys, let's unionize straight out of a job. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Also, Yakuza developer Ryuga Gotoku Studio will host a digital event on September the 14th with game updates and reveals. Pretty sure we already said that last week, but maybe not. Free-to-play game Warframe's latest update called Veilbreaker is live now on PS4 and PS5, and it introduces an all-new quest line, items, and gameplay adjustments. Website GamesIndustry.biz reported that over 3 million players have played Power Wash Simulator. They're all high. PlayStation has donated $3 million to the University of Southern California's Video Game School Endowment Fund. One, $1 for each person that plays Power Wash Simulator. That's a hell of a hit if that's what the deal was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be brilliant. Also, Electronic Arts announced that longtime Battlefield creative director Lars Gustafsson is departing the company after spending 20 years working on the Battlefield franchise at DICE. Metallica went back on tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had to go back to licking his lips and sweating profusely yes. also <laughs> also website push square reported that returnal developer housemark appears to be to, appears to have confirmed excuse me a pc port of the game during game developers conference 2022 where they showed off various pc features for the title so i mean that's no shock to anybody we know we pretty much know that's coming Sony has begun the marketing machine for God of War Ragnarok as a Rick and Morty crossover ad has begun making the rounds. And uh, it's actually, it's pretty entertaining, but uh, weird at the same time. Also, Pokemon-like RPG Temtem finally leaves early access with a 1.0 version now available on PS5. NBA 2K23 has reduced the size of the city on PS5 by 30%, making it easier and faster to travel around the sandbox mode. A variety of other additions are coming on the My Career front as well, including a rookies playlist for players under a 75 overall rating to find their bearings. However, Travis, one size that 2K didn't give a fuck about reducing in this game's in this year's game is the install size on PS5, which will take up a whopping 143 gigabytes of your SSD. And uh, can confirm, I have it downloaded. Also, cinematic dark future action platformer Another Space Opera, Episode 1, The Wake of the Giant, will launch on PS5 sometime next year. Fast-paced co-op spider brawler Spider Heck is oh. launching on PS4 and PS5 on September the 22nd. No thanks. It, this looks really cool. Nope. It looks really cool. <laughs> Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins next expansion is called Wanderer of the Rift, and it is coming to PS4 and PS5 on October the 26th. Four-player co-op party game at Work From Home, which is all about slacking off at work, is coming to PS5 on September the 29th, and I wasn't joking, that's what it's about. 
website PlayStation Lifestyle reported that Matthew Seymour, a former environment designer at Naughty Dog, has stated on his LinkedIn profile that he has, quote, quote, worked on a multiplayer title in a very dense city with lots of detail, end quote. And based on the timeline of his profile, that game is the upcoming The Last of Us multiplayer game. God, fucking need this so bad. How's it dense if there's nobody in the game? Because it's The Last of Us. Oh, just wait. You mean dense like it's a stupid city? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Also, vampire developer Don't Not announced that they are co-developing a new action RPG with Italian developer Tiny Bull Studios. I read that as Tiny Ball Studios the first time, by the way. (laughs) Don't Nod will also act as publisher on the project. In addition to the PS5 firmware update this week, the PS4 also received an update, firmware version 10.0. However, the update is causing issues with DLC content for some players for some games, so beware. Sony Santa Monica revealed that God of War Ragnarok will launch with over 60 accessibility features. Website PlayStation Universe reported that the following games received update patches this week. Evil Dead the Game, SnowRunner, Warframe, Multiverses, Rocket League, Fortnite, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Cyberpunk 2077, Smite, Farming Simulator 22, Conan Exiles, Madden NFL 22, Spider-Man Remastered on PC, and Dauntless. HBO's The Last of Us show has begun final audio mixing, which bodes well for the predicted early 2023 release of its first season. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn revealed that he pitched a Hitman movie just weeks before he got the job working on Guardians of the Galaxy. God, the world could have been such a better place. Him directing a Hitman movie would actually be really cool. I mean, we'll get another Hitman movie at some point. Um, we've had two. Uh, yeah. The Timothy Oliphant one isn't terrible. It's just not great. There's two? Who's the other one? I can't remember, but there, I'm pretty some sure. Some random... Oh, no, you're right. You're right. There is two. Some guy that kind of looked yeah. like Harvey Bar- Bardem, but it wasn't, maybe. Is that, was that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, next nugget. Leaker Oops Leaks. Sounds like a diaper. Mm-hmm. Claimed on Twitter this week that the next Bioshock game will take place in Antarctica, which had already previously been reported by Last Stand Media's Colin Moriarty. And they also claim the game is planned to release by the end of 2024. So, good ways off. Maggie Robertson, the actress who plays Lady Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village, has been providing performance capture for something, perhaps related to, to the title. Some DLC, maybe. Insider Nick Baker of the Xbox Era podcast has hinted that Metal Gear Solid The Twin Snakes remasters may be on the way. The Twin Snakes was originally released for Nintendo GameCube back in 2004 and is a sort of remake of the original Metal Gear Solid. Players will be able to unlock Overwatch 2 Heroes via a free track in the game's Battle Pass. Square Enix has filed a trademark for Radek Engine in Japan, perhaps suggesting that the company has created a new internal game development engine. Website Gamatsu reported that side-scrolling action platformer Lucid was announced for PS4 and PS5. It is releasing sometime in 2024. Action RPG Asterigo Curse of the Stars will launch on PS4 and PS5 on October 11th. Publisher NIS America will release a flurry of games next spring on PlayStation. Roguelite Dungeon RPG Void Terrarium 2 will come to PS4. Detective Mystery Game at Process of Elimination will come to PS4. A remastered version of Grim Gomar once more will come to PS4 and PS5. And strategy game RPG Monster Menu, The Scavenger's Cookbook, will come to PS4 and PS5. Shoot'em up game at Raiden 4 Cross Mikado Remix will launch on PS4 and PS5 on January 31st in North America. 
and February 3rd in Europe. Free-to-play multiplayer shooter Gundam Evolution will launch on PS4 and PS5 on November the 30th. Playism will host a Tokyo Game Show event on September the 14th, featuring world premieres of brand new games. Arcade side-scrolling action platformer Cannon Dancer. Hold me closer, Cannon Dancer. Also known as Osman. <laughs> the fuck? Or at least on, yeah, or at least on PS4 and PS5 in early 2023. Roguelite RPG Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy, will come to PS4 on September the 14th. Rhythm game Kazuna AI Touch the Beat With consent. will be <laughs> will be coming to PS4 and PS5 in early 2023, and it will include support for both PSVR and PSVR 2. Looks like a PSVR 2 launch game, basically. Action game Monochrome Mobius, Rights and Wrongs Forgotten, has been delayed from October the 20th to November 17th on PS4 and PS5. Darn. <laughs> Developer WRKS Games, Works Games, announced side-scrolling stealth game Shinobi Rising. It is being developed on Unreal Engine 5 and is set in the Japanese-inspired universe of Katana Ra. It will launch first on PC in February, followed by PS5 later in 2023. The art style looks really dope on this. Also, the PC version of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will launch on Steam and Epic Game Store on October the 19th. We knew that was coming as well, but it's taken 10 months, but it's coming. Sega announced, or Sega, or Sega, announced that Football Manager 2023 Travis will launch on PS5 on November the 8th, which will be the first time the series has come to a home PlayStation console. It previously had iterations on both PlayStation Portable and PlayStation Vita, however. And finally, Travis Gamatsu reported that developer Munfish has delayed its Soviet-themed first-person shooter Atomic Heart from this winter to the first quarter of next year on PS4 and PS5. The game will also now be published by Focus Entertainment. And that game looks dope. And that's also all the news for this week. And I'll turn it over to Dick Thrasher for this week's new games. Um, On the 5th of September, we have Tri-6 Infinite. Is that how you say that? Tricks Infinite? Which one is it? I would say Try Six, but it's probably Tricks. Okay. <laughs> On the eight, six, we have Biomutant, which I'm pretty sure came out in 2017. Um, we also have Circus Electric, Classic Racers Elite, Disney, Dreamline, Dreamlight Valley, Life in Willowdale, yeah. Farm Adventures. Okay. The Tomorrow's Children, Phoenix Edition, Train Sim World 3. On the seventh, we have Kaichu, the Kaju dating sim. <laughs> the fuck out of here. PBA Pro Bowling 2023. Can't believe that's a game. I bet it's. I bet it's dope. Really? Can you like? What did the ratings really do? I mean, anyway. Alice Gear Aegeus CS Concerto of Stimulatrix. <laughs> okay, I think you're just making these up. Arcade Archives <laughs> Championship <laughs> Wrestler. <laughs> Fall of Porcupine Prologue. See, that's not real. Fall of Porcupine Prologue. That's not real. <laughs> Justice Sucks. You, you wrote that in there, too. Uh, Paper Flight. <laughs> Radical Rex. Too much alliteration for these to be real. Um, Still Rising, which appears to be a grave disappointment, unfortunately. Yeah, Gallery. Yeah. Tower Princess. White Day. A labyrinth named School. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh-huh. On the ninth, we have Beaver Fun. Be careful with Googling that one. <laughs> uh, we also have Cat Maze, mm. NBA 2K23, 
the button be unexpected and the jumping lasagna, which I've heard of before. Uh, of course, NBA's be careful Googling or, cat maze too. Cat, cat maze. You, who knows where you'll end up? But yeah, sorry. 2K is the biggest one. Yeah, I don't know what else. All these other ones are just wild. The jumping lasagna, the reason why you've heard of that is because every week one of these games come out, it's like the jumping lasagna, the jumping chocolate muffin. Like it's these games that you just press X to get a platinum trophy that everybody's bitching about lately. So yeah, that's what that is. But, uh, I can't believe you didn't say PBA Pro Bowling was the biggest game. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to beat Train Sim World 3. Listen, the Disney Dreamlight Valley game, uh, we've talked about this before when they announced it. That game is going to take over the world. Just give it a little bit of time. That game's going to be huge, like Fortnite big. But yeah, right now, NBA 2K23, biggest release this week, I agree. All right, that's all for the new games this week. Let's start to wrap things up here, Travis, like we always do by discussing what we have been playing and anything we're looking forward to. What's, uh, what's on your mind? played Multiverse before Gizmo. I bought the Batman. Enjoy the Batman a lot. I keep uh, Bat... What's the thing called? What's it called? The Bat... Bat thing? The battery? Yeah, I keep battering Batter. myself into people by accident. Like, it when I, when I time it right, like, the first time I did it, it was a complete accident. And then the second time, I was like, oh, I can, like, if I time it right, I can pull myself to them and punch them off the map. And I did it once. I did it once, but not how I meant to. I, was, I thought I was going to punch them up, and I somehow got excited and mistimed my buttons, and I just kicked them, and they fell off the map, but it worked <laughs> right. like, indirectly. So, uh, But I'm enjoying the Batman. He's pretty fun. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens with this new one. I want to try the Gizmo, and um, I think, what do they have next? Rick and Morty or somebody? I haven't I haven't played with Morty or whichever one is up there. Yeah, I haven't played with them either. Play Battlefield, play the new map. Yeah, what did you think? What did I think? What is the What is the map? Uh, Stranded, the big boat. Oh yes, the big boat. God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I enjoy it. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. The first time we played it, I did not enjoy it. The first time I was like, God, this is fucking terrible. I think, you know, when you're playing Breakthrough, I like every part of it except the last capture point. Like, it seems like it's impossible to hold it. The game seems a little bit unbalanced right now. Like, every time we've played on defense, we have not been able to stop anybody. We get steamrolled. And then when we're attacking, we get there. You know what I mean? Almost every time we at least get to the last, the last part. So... It seems oddly balanced on breakthrough. Um, and conquest, it 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 feels too, it it feels too big, kind of on conquest. If that makes sense, like it it doesn't feel like it's I don't know something about it's off. But I really enjoy the breakthrough on it. The you know inside of the boat, you get a lot of action. That front part with the hill and the crest, it's a lot of action there. I really enjoy all of those aspects of it. Um, just that last section, like. Especially on breakthrough because of the way it works. If you're attacking, you can have people set up on top of the boat that even if they're not great snipers, the fact that they're shooting is enough to keep the people defending kind of off kilter. And then you can flank them from multiple sides. It really, like, you know, it really opens itself up kind of at the end of the game to where you're going to lose if you're defending. Yeah. Right. Other than that, I played Gran Turismo this week. They've been having a lot of really fun daily a races the last few weeks like all kinds of weird stuff like putting rally cars on normal tracks and just doing really fun stuff and of course it's it's a provided car if you want to use it you can rent one always but it's you know in in the way that the route the race a works is like it doesn't affect your rating or your safety rating so you like and that's kind of the point it just gives you this scenario where you're gonna run into people and it's gonna be really difficult so 
anyway, I've been enjoying those because they're outrageous. And um, the one this week was uh, the carts, which are notoriously hard to drive. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to post your pictures. Yeah, I have to say that I am like, I might be the best cart racer in the world. <laughs> I, I just so I wake much. you up and I piss excellence like I sent you the other day. Like, I yeah. get in. So, you know, I, I, there's a guy I follow on YouTube called Super GT, and he raced the carts. And I was on lunch the other day, and I watched the video, and I was like, oh, cool. I was like, I'll, I'll do this because whatever, you know. And he put in like a top 50 time in the world, and I was like, that, that doesn't look too hard. And then, of course, it was. I don't even know where my qualifying time is in the world ranking. I didn't even look at it, to be honest with you. I ran like a, a 48.3, which isn't great. I mean, I've always been a poor qualifier, as you know, but like, my race pace I knew would be good because like my qualifying always is what it is, but my race pace is always my qualifying pace. It's like, I don't know how to go faster than, than, than that. So like when I get in the race, I'm going to consistently be around that same time. So once I get into the race, as long as I don't get crashed, I'm going to get a podium. I'm going to finish top three. It doesn't matter where I start. So like the very first race I did, I started 11th and finished fourth. Jesus. The next race I did, I think I started 10th and finished third. And then I, then I went back and qualified, like actually put in a decent time. And, um, yeah. So like every night I've gotten on this week, I've won, a, I've won at least one race. Like I'm always in the top three. Like it's ridiculous. I don't know why I'm good with the carts. I'm just good at it. I don't, it's weird. It's super weird. Um, that is, but they had, they had another cart race a couple of like a long time ago, like right after the game came out, it was the same thing. Like, once I figured out how to not spin out, I was fine. Like I could, the same thing on GT Sport. Once I figured out how to not not spin out, I was really competitive in the carts. I don't know what it is, but they do not drive like real racing go karts. Like they are way too twitchy and way too like finicky than they are in real life. I mean, maybe that's why I'm better at them. But I don't know, man. For whatever reason, when I do these group or these race daily race A's. For some reason, it's like they're always weird combos. I'm always really good at them. I don't know what it is. It's so fucking weird. But like, if I go to the daily B or C, you know, I'll, my average finish in the daily the daily B or C is like fourth to sixth. It's somewhere in there. But on these daily A races, it's always a podium. I don't know what it is. And when it's a cart, I'm I'm probably gonna win. Like it's very that's weird. awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I uh, I forgot to post your pictures. I'm so sorry. It's fine. So. Yeah, I uh, also played some Battlefield. Played some with you. Played some without you. <laughs> played some last night actually uh, to work on some of the new weekly challenges. You know, the refreshed weekly uh, battle pass stuff or whatever. Just played Stranded Breakthrough. Had a good time. Finally unlocked the fully automatic pistol. Haven't got to use it yet, but do have it unlocked. So looking forward to checking that out. Uh, played a little bit of multiverses, like you said, one night over the weekend and, uh, I had a good time. So, you know, super, Superman is my main, that's my dude. So we, we've been talking about how when people lose the first round or whatever, they switch to like their, yeah. you know, their highest level to one or whatever. For me, that's Superman. And, uh, for that one bunch of, uh, lads, it was Iron Giant who absolutely just raped us. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so sick of that shit. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, that's. Still a great game. I'm excited to check out the new Hitbox stuff and see what we think about that. That might help us out uh, quite a bit with people like Iron Giant, so we'll see. But uh, the last thing that I played this week was The Last of Us Part 1. I, uh, I've been I've been playing for about eight or nine hours so far. I don't remember how far I am in the game. Probably eight or nine hours. I know, but I'm talking about like in this... <laughs> asshole. I'm talking... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm talking about like in the story. Uh, I don't remember where I'm at exactly. I'm, I've just gotten out of Pittsburgh, so I haven't made it to out West yet. I do know I have to get out West, but, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but that game phenomenal so far, 10 out of 10. Fantastic. Just a spectacular remake of that game. No people at least, I mean, I'm, I thought this was supposed to be post-apocalyptic, but people leave Pittsburgh all the time. They, they do. They certainly do. But this one, they really want to get the hell out of Pittsburgh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's everything I played. I, I really want, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to playing NBA 2K23, of course. Uh, I've got a lot of good things to play right now between, you know, Battlefield, Multiverses, The Last of Us Part 1, NBA 2K23. But I really want to play some more Cult of the Lamb but I need them to fix the freaking graphics on PS5. Like, it's just ridiculous, the freaking brightness issues and bloom uh, issues that they're having. So we'll see. The thing I'm looking forward to the most, though, is that next this time next week, Travis, we'll be playing uh, Call of Duty beta. Well, I will be. You won't because you don't pre-order stuff, but I'll be playing the Call of Duty beta. So I'm excited <laughs> about checking that out. I think, though, at some point you'll get to play it in that four-day stretch. I don't remember how it works. Sure. It's too much shit to keep up with. Yeah, last year that or last time they did that, they opened it up after like three or four days. Um, yeah. One interesting tidbit about the new NBA game is the rating it has currently on Steam. I know it's been out for like twelve hours, but have you seen the Steam rating? No, I've not seen <laughs> five any out of ten. No way. <laughs> yeah, but like it has like a. There's another review that gave it like an eight point seven, but uh-huh. <laughs> for people on Steam, I guess are just crushing it, which is wow. Great. I love it. Wow, that's, uh, but, you know, no, I haven't seen any ratings. People, I thought people were saying they were pretty high on it, but maybe not. Yeah, so. I talked to a couple of guys at work that play, uh, play, I was like, do you guys get 2K? And they're like, yeah, it's the best 2K in a long time. Mm. They said it's head and shoulders above last year. So, um, I think, nice. I think people on Steam are just being trolls. Yeah. Imagine playing a fucking sports game on PC. I mean, get a job. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, let's get out of here, Travis. We've done enough. We've talked about enough. If you guys enjoy the show, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. We'll get delivered to you every Monday on your podcast service or the YouTube. And, uh, you know, leave us a review or rating. That'd be much appreciated. Some stars, some thumbs up. Uh, a written review is always great as well, but a like or a comment if you're on YouTube is is uh, is much appreciated as well. Don't forget to find us on social media where you can talk PlayStation with us at the DualSense Pod on Twitter, uh, the DualSense Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, uh, etc. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get out of here now. We'll keep hoping for a PlayStation showcase. Hopefully, I mean we're only getting closer every day that goes by, just like we're getting closer to death. But uh, yeah, we're we're hoping for a PlayStation showcase. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk at you next time. Bye bye.